How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer for Sunday, March the 28th. My friends, we are doing a mailbag here today. And if you don't remember me prompting for a mailbag, that's because I didn't. I did it just on the Discord server, and it was like a week ago, so all of this is quite old. My apologies. But nonetheless, this week's question was, what is a non-core game feature that brings you the most joy? Or, you know, what is something that isn't in the core gameplay loop that you end up loving a lot? Now, there were a few games that were very popular. Uh, one of those games was Minecraft, because, of course, that's a game where you can just do anything you want. And one of the answers here was from Throwback Cat, who said that out of all of the things you can do in Minecraft, they really loved farming. And that's, you know, crops and animals. This is what they said, quote, It's just a lot of little satisfying things that come together to form this entrancing in-game routine. I honestly get more joy out of watching my supply of eggs and bread go up than something more traditionally exciting, like finding diamonds, end quote. And that's what I was really looking for with this question, right? Like, what are these things that might have just been even an afterthought in a game, or not the main thought, at least, but is still bringing a ton of excitement. Another game that was really popular was Red Dead Redemption. There was people talking about the hunting and the poker and all the various little mini-games that you can do. Of course, the side task of fishing was very popular in a lot of different games. And one of the submissions here was from Coach J, who mentioned that he really loves fishing in games because it reminds him of his father, who passed away three years ago. And one of the last kind of activities that they had done together was gone fishing. And so Final Fantasy XV was one of his favorites for fishing. And now just any time that a game has it, it brings him back. And I think that's a really sweet thing. Here's a good one. This one comes from Raven Dark, And they just love organizing things. Shelves, cabinets, indexing systems. Quote, the ability to sort things into different containers by category, size, shape, color, type. No game has ever nailed this for me, but Oblivion's Frostcrag Spire and Skyrim's Proud Spire Manor probably came closest. End quote. I thought that one was really interesting. Just the ability to organize things. If any of you know a good game that does that, get in touch with Ravendark. Here's an interesting one from Otter Madness, and that's Otter the Animal. Uh, they were talking about Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and the management of your own assassin crew. So you're able to save recruits, customize them, and then send them out on missions. I don't think I ever got to mess around with that feature. I don't think I got far enough in the game. But it sounds very interesting, and apparently it hasn't come back yet. But, you know, I do think that that's a pretty cool concept. It's like playing the game within the game, if that makes sense. Uh, some of you might know that something that's popular in video games is, uh, like a custom-made card game. So Baron Bronislav and Flying Goatman... They both mentioned Gwent in The Witcher 3. Again, totally not a part of the core gameplay loop, but if it catches the right person, it's going to be awesome. There's also a DN, Raydog Carrot Cake. What a name. Uh, they mentioned Tetra Master in Final Fantasy IX. Again, something that's totally optional, and you got to learn a whole new card battler. But if you really get into it, then you end up loving it. And I mean, some people ended up loving Gwent so much that they made a whole game out of it, right? And I think that's pretty cool. How many times do you see a side thing in a video game get spawned out into its own? And I do find it interesting how these side tasks can almost become a primary task in themselves. We talked about Minecraft at the beginning. If you just want to do farming all day, you can do that. That's what Minecraft will become for you. We had another interesting one here from Freaky Lemon, who said that there is 8-ball billiards in a game called Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, and apparently has this really steep learning curve, but now they never fail to play a few games of 8-ball in the local bar. Quote, sometimes I'll grab a real-life beer just for the immersion, end quote. Again, I love that. Like, all of a sudden, this, this thing that the developers just threw in there 
is being incorporated into this person's real life. They're, they're influenced by the things that they're drinking. I love it. Okay, and the last one I'll bring up here comes from NC Iceman. And I'm sure this is one that many of you listening are going to resonate with. For him, it's exploration. Quote, Give me a world I need to see every corner of the map. I've written to countless devs about finding terrain holes where I've tried to climb out of their sandbox. I've gotten stuck a lot, too. End quote. I know with a lot of open world games, this is a very popular thing to do. And even my own partner, Shelby, she is like totally obsessed with this as somebody who isn't a gamer. The famous quote that she always bring up is like, hey, if the developer made it, then didn't they intend people to see it? And the truth is, not always. But she will find it if you put it in the game. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for your submissions to that question. I loved the answers. And if you're listening to this and you have your own contribution, feel free to hop into the mailbag channel of the Discord server, thegamingobserver.com slash Discord. And, you know, just because I talked about it here on the show doesn't mean the discussion has to end. This is very much a community thing. That's all from me today, folks. I'm back with the news tomorrow. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Oh, it's the DGO After Show. Hello and welcome. My friends, I did something today. I actually followed up on something I said I was going to do. You know how many times I come on this show and I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this thing. And then I never actually do that thing. Well, you know what I did this time? Yesterday, I talked about watching more film and television adaptations of video games. Well, today I watched one. I watched, for the first time, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And I'll tell you, I looked up the reviews beforehand just to make sure I wasn't about to wade into a you know, something I didn't want to see. And the reviews were, like, generally positive. But I also saw a little bit of negativity in there, and I was like, oh, that's too bad. You know, I, I really want them to do Pokemon right. You know, the kind of the first revival of a live-action film for Nintendo since Super Mario. And, oh my god, I loved the movie. Like, it was so good. What, what were people's problems with it? I haven't looked again. And maybe some of you will tell me what your problems with the movie was. But, like, listen, it wasn't a masterpiece in film artistry, right? But I was laughing at, like, every five minutes at seeing, like, these Pokemon come to life and have a personality and, like, just, like, the very beginning when they find that Cubone who's just, like, crying in the middle of a field. I couldn't stop laughing. It was hilarious. Or when they go into the big town and, like, a Snorlax just fell, a fell asleep in the middle of the street and so Machamp has to come around to direct traffic. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is the creativity that I want to see in my films, in my Pokemon films. It had a whole bunch of in-jokes. It wasn't afraid to, like, be a little bit edgier. And just, you know, it wasn't overtly kid-friendly, I guess you could say. I mean, it was. Any child could watch that film. But if you're an adult, there was plenty of stuff in there that would probably surprise you from a Pokemon movie. It was feel-good. It was, you know, full of drama. I don't know. I thought it was tremendous. I want to see more. I, I left that movie wanting to see more. It was 90 minutes long. And if you're going to give that to me, like, once a year, oh, that's it. You sold me. And now that I've said that, I really have to look. Will... I'm, gonna, I'm Googling. I'm doing a classic after-show Google. Will there be more Pokemon live-action movies? This is my question that I want answered. Okay, according to Insider, Daniel Richtman, they are already developing the next live-action Pokemon film. That's what I like to hear, baby. I hope that's real. And listen, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure De Detective Pikachu became, like, the most successful video game adaptation film ever, right? Here I go doing another Google. Okay, I'm on the Wikipedia page. I'm going to sort by box office success. Oh, it's actually Warcraft. Yeah, that makes sense. But Warcraft was not received well. I actually saw Warcraft in theaters. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know why everyone hated it so much. It could have been better, obviously. But from a non-Warcraft player, I guess is probably the real thing. 
If you are a Warcraft player, maybe you had a lot more problems with it. Anyway, it looks like Warcraft had $440 million at the box office, and Detective Pikachu had 433, so they're pretty close. But man, you look at the you look at the review scores for these movies. It is not great. Warcraft, Rampage came out in 2018, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, the Resident Evil movies. Man, oh man, these aren't these do not have good scores. The best scores here are Detective Pikachu, the the most recent Sonic the Hedgehog, which I still have to watch. I very much wanted to see that because of Jim Carrey, mostly. Gotta go fast. Uh, oh yeah, they came out with a Tomb Raider movie in 2018. I forgot about that. I wonder if that's any good. It looks like the reviews are better than most of the other movies here. And then, yeah. And then the next best rated movie, all the way down on this list, Mortal Kombat 1995. Got $120 million at the box office. That is nuts. What's the, I'm wondering, now I'm curious, what is the lowest rated one here? Sorry, you're all going on this journey with me now. Oh my god, we got a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes for a movie called Alone in the Dark, based on the game of the same name, Survival Horror. Okay, that's a 1%. We've got a 2% on Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is the sequel to the to the first one, which was actually received somewhat well. Man, oh man. Well, there you go. You know, I gotta watch Sonic and maybe Tomb Raider, and then who cares about the rest of them? You tell me what I should watch. I mean, I, I think the next thing I'm gonna watch is whatever animes that Netflix has, just cause. But if there's like a live action film that isn't like, you know, oh, you gotta watch this cause it's really bad. I know you out there. You you were about to message me saying, oh, you, you, you gotta watch Super Mario Bros. It's a classic. You can't fool me, you silly billies. I don't know, I might end, I might end up watching it, but I've only got so much time in this world. You know, I wanna watch good movies. Okay, folks, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, back with the news tomorrow. See you then. <laughs>